two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by your boy. Streaming live on YouTube, we on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. We back, baby. We back. It is Tuesday. Appreciate y'all for being here. And in this Tuesday edition of the show, we're talking about the Cowboys defense facing the top five. I'm ranking the top five aerial attacks. This secondary, we'll see. I already got an issue with my list, but it is what it is. We will talk about whether it's just right, too high, or too low. Plus, in the roundup, a national outlet, they they gave the Cowboys three veteran free agents to consider. We'll take a look at that. Uh, We've already mentioned a couple of them, actually, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, mate. And then uh, we'll hit the lines. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line to speak your mind about what we're talking about today. All right? But appreciate y'all for being here, Bomb Squad. What's goody? Bomb Squad! I was, Vic. Uh, I had an issue with my own damn list, and, and we'll get to it. And honestly, right off the bat, uh, I got an issue with my own damn list. But I do these sometimes. I put these type of things together to... Honestly, get feedback from y'all to see how y'all feel about it as well. But, uh, you know, when you're putting these type of things together and you you dive into the teams now, during the season, we will dissect everything about the opponents. Y'all know, if you've been around here for the last couple of years, you know how we do. We look at the offense and defense from top to bottom, every little nook and cranny to find out how the Cowboys can get an advantage. This one is more general. Uh, we're not necessarily diving into super specifics, but we're mostly talking about the talent that these aerial uh, attacks present. We're not including offensive line. So let me go ahead and put that out there right now. We are not talking about the offensive line. We're mostly talking about the weapons and the quarterbacks. A little bit mixed in with the the uh, scheme as well. So should be a good show. Should be an easy show. I appreciate that Dallas Cowboys hard hitter. I did fly out to the East Coast, came back. A lot of traveling. No vacation. Just a lot of traveling uh, over the last couple of days. But... We are here, and I believe I'll be here for most of this week. Again, I'll keep y'all posted on all of that. Um, <laughs> Toxic Tom, hold tight, brother. Hold tight, because they, they they actually are. And that might be a part of my list where I'm a little bit conflicted. So uh, stick around. Five teams, top five. I'm ranking my top five. I want y'all to judge it, and then you can give me your top five after everything is said and done. With that said... Let's hit this roundup and get into the works. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It is time for... It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Bleacher Report dropped a... List of three free agents the Dallas Cowboys should consider. That was the name of it. And off the bat, the first guy that they listed was Shelby Harris. And this kind of this kind of goes into the whole thing where 
national media, I don't necessarily think they really know the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Like, they go for the low-hanging fruit type of situation. And the next one is clearly that, but kind of makes sense. But Shelby Harris, I, I don't get this one. Shelby Harris is about 32 now. The Cowboys are not in a need for a three-tech. For whatever reason, they talked about run defense when it came, and, and that's not Shelby Harris's game. Um, I just don't agree with that one at all. You, you went out and got Mozzie Smith. You you re-signed Jonathan Hankins. You have Osa Digizua. Uh, you still got a plethora of other guys behind them, uh, younger dudes. So I don't agree with Shelby Harris. Uh, no. The second one, actually it was the last one, but I'm going to start off with the second one. Ezekiel Elliott, for obvious reasons, right? Former Dallas Cowboy. Uh, a lot of national media do not believe in the Cowboys, and fans for that in general, do not believe in a Cowboys running back room. And he presents a, a aspect of the room, an aspect of the room the Cowboys don't have right now or have confidence in. Cowboy fans don't have confidence in right now. And that's the power game, right? But we went into detail on this, but Ezekiel Elliott is the other guy that they mentioned. And then finally, for me, the third guy that makes the most sense that I've been talking about since the season ended last year and I found out he was a free agent is Deion Jones. In my opinion, the linebacker room, to me, is more questionable. And here's why. In, in the running back room, you got a Pro Bowl running back. Uh, you got a guy who's been a part of a, of a tandem before in the room. And in my opinion, you got a rookie like Deuce Vaughn who you can use as a satellite type back. And it's the running back position. So you can get by with the committee approach from the running back position. Linebackers, we saw last year, you know, when two of your veterans went down, wasn't much behind them from an experience standpoint. And even this year, LVE is there. A lot of people still aren't high on him anyway. And he's your only really experienced guy. So I'm all in on the Deion Jones situation. Add more experience and depth and talent to that room. You can never, ever, ever have too much of that. Uh, we love a DeMarvion Overshone. What he can bring. Kind of positionless right now. But again, I don't think you're hurting him by bringing more proven guys like a Deion Jones to learn from. Uh, LVE is there. And then obviously you have Damone Clark. And that's the thing, right? Like, Damone Clark, if you say, well, I don't want to progress stop Damone Clark, fair. How about this? Instead of saying I'm signing Deion Jones to start, I'm signing Deion Jones for depth, and I'm going to have him compete. All right, Damone, you competing with Damone. Or you could say LVE is competing with, with Deion Jones. I don't care. But more competition, the better. I am not about protecting feelings in 2023. I'm about trying to do what's best for this team to get to the NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, and win the Super Bowl, right? Uh, with young players, if they get beat out by talented veterans, then they just get beat out by talented veterans. That's just how I'm looking at it. They still got time to develop and whatnot. I would almost rather, I don't even want to use the word risk, but uh, sacrifice a year of development for a third stringer to try to be better in the now. That's just where I'm at with it. The Cowboys have went on this all-in type of approach. So why not finish it off, man? Why not finish it off? So Deion Jones is the best one to me on this list in regards to adding to this team. And if I'm being honest, a second, I'd, I'd go Zeke and then 
Shelby Harris. I don't even know why he's on here. I, I don't get it. But if you had to pick one of these three, Cowboys Nation, uh, which one would it be? I know a lot of y'all are, are, are definitely on the Zeke thing here. So I wouldn't be shocked if most of y'all would say, would say Zeke. But for me, I'm going to go Dion. I'm going to go Dion Jones to help bolster that linebacker room that really has no experience outside of LVE, who is a hurt guy, right? Like, I, I don't. And then this linebacker, some people would say linebacker is the running back of the defense. Sure. But I think running back is the running back of the NFL. Like that position, I can, you can argue with me all you want. I'm going to believe this until it, it changes. You can throw a rookie. You can throw a third string guy in there and you can get by and have a productive rushing attack. I know that's, that sounds like I'm diminishing running backs to an extent. Yeah. You know, but if you are better than that, then, then those guys hold more value, but that's just the position of the league, man. So I'm not really tripping about the backfield until they give me a reason to trip, but I'll take Dion. Nikki believes Zeke will come back and fumble. I mean, that's a bit of a, cynical way to look at it he didn't fumble that much last year that is true nicholas p um his goal line touchdowns didn't lead the league but look, okay led the league in carries yeah, yeah i mean I, again goal line short yardage back zeke elliott is top flight in that um and the blitz pickup we talked about the good when it came to him that's all fair things for sure for sure uh, Swain, DJ, Big Dallas, Jones, Professor O, Dion, pass on the other two. What's good, Tony Montana? Most people are on Jones, some on Zeke. Everybody seems to pass on Shelby Ayers. Yeah, David Jenkins says, what about kicker? Kicker is definitely a position of need. And last, on Friday, I said that my hot take was that they'll sign Robbie Gold. I don't know if they will, but that was a hot take for that day. Uh, but that wasn't part of the Bleach Reports top three. All right. So let's get into my top. But it's it's top five. Let's go ahead and switch the subject here and get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Okay. We're going to go through one through five. And I want to ask you guys if it's too high, too low, or just about right as we talk about the aerial attacks from each team. We did this last year for rushing attacks. We did a top five rushing attack. Uh, this year, I, I kind of want to go all around. I might bring back the rushing attacks, but I'll kinda might, I might also switch to the defense side of the ball. When I was putting this together, there were so many things I had to factor in, right? The quarterback is a big one. The weapons, likely the number one thing, but the quarterback plays a lot in that because you can have all the weapons, but what if, what if, what if, what is it, Zach Taylor or whatever? What, what's the kid's name over there in the Jets? What if it's Baker Mayfield or some throwing you the ball? What, you know, what if it's Wilson, Zach Wilson? What if it's Zach Wilson throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson and, and, and Tyreek Hill, right? Does it, does it, you know, does it really matter? So you got to factor in the quarterback, how the quarterback played last year, the system that maybe these guys are in or are getting in, and, and then obviously the weapon. So, when doing all of that, Cowboys Nation, I came away with my top five. And I want to get into number five. Number five. Let's do it. That's actually number one. So we we don't want them. Y'all already seen that. We don't want number one. We want number five. My bad, y'all. Boom. Number five. The Seattle Seahawks. 
And here's why I have Seattle at number five. And already my list, I'm like fighting myself because there's a couple other teams above them that I feel like they might be able to have some competition with it. Seattle, now they're returning, in my opinion, one of the most underrated duos. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, these guys are super underrated, man. You can see their statistics, they'll be listed underneath all these guys. Tyler Lockett might be one of the most underrated wide receivers, period, in the entire National Football League. And DK Metcalf is just a beast. He can take over a game or a series, and and I've seen him do it. Uh, But they added Jackson Smith and Jigba to come and play into the slot. And when we were studying the draft and doing the mock draft, I kept seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba getting mocked to the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm like, man, if they get him, that, in my opinion, might be one of the most well-balanced trios of wide receivers in the National Football League. You got your power, you got your speed and quickness, and you got your route running guy out of the slot. But the only reason why I probably have them at five is because I don't know if Geno Smith can replicate what he did last year from an efficiency standpoint. And it was fantastic. And honestly, I could be underselling Geno or I could be underselling the offense coordinator, Shane Waldron. Now, Geno Smith is no young pup. This is a dude that's been around the league for a long, long time. Uh, and now he's getting a shot to kind of be a guy over the next couple of seasons, over, over multiple seasons, I should say. And Shane Waldron tapped into something with Geno Smith. He made things easier. And then Geno rewarded him, I think, with that Pro Bowl year. But when you look at their offensive coordinator, I think you can see why he was able to tap into Geno. This is a guy that comes from Sean McVay's route or Sean McVay's coaching tree. He was coaching under Sean McVay, I believe, all the way back from Washington days. I think I could be wrong there, but I know he was under under McVay for four seasons in uh, L.A. with the Rams. And while being there, you can see some of Walsh or McVay's concepts from a passing game standpoint with Seattle. So. This is why, you know, everybody that says, anybody that's rubbed shoulders with Sean McVay, bring him in. I mean, it's a joke, but it's also for real because his concepts make things easier for quarterbacks. And what happens? Geno Smith gets his first shot with this type of talent and that system, and he goes for 30 touchdowns, 11 11 picks, 60 QBR, completed almost 70% of his passes, I believe number one in the league. Again, that goes back to scheme, in my opinion. Geno Smith is not known as a precision passer. But Geno Smith was put in a situation with guys like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and a system that creates easy opportunities for him. And that's what it's about as an OC. You want to make things easier for your guys, not more difficult. So I've got Seattle at number five here. And I'm already fighting. Fighting is too high, too low. Or just about right. And if you guys need to get a little bit more of an an idea. Here's what the schedule looks like. A couple teams we'll talk about when all this is done. But I got Seattle at number five. Too high, too low, or just about right. This is true, uh, Andrew. The the system, 100%. Can y'all hear me? 
check check all right we cool Ooh, that was, <laughs> if, I, if i went through all that and y'all couldn't hear me boy i'd have been pissed uh let me let me fix some things over here my bad y'all give me a second boom boom bang all right, i think we're good now let's see here let's see here just right captain america just right a ron andrew's cool don't trust gino just right yeah yeah i think this is uh <laughs> what what's going on colin what are you talking about bro yeah all right let me get back to this so seattle seahawks number five here and when it comes to the matchup for the secondary i, I actually like the matchup uh, i think the cowboys match up pretty well across the board here uh we understand that Diggs doesn't mind the size with guys i think lockett uh Lockett's going to be an issue for a lot of people. But again, when you get Stefan Gilmore, man, I mean, I just feel confident about him matching up with a lot of dudes. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba in the slot against uh, Deron, anything but Bland. I mean, I like the matchup for sure. But this is a respectable, a very, very respectable Seahawks passing attack. And I feel weird about it, to be completely honest, because of Geno Smith, man. Geno Smith came out of nowhere last year can he repeat it maybe he doesn't maybe he's not as good as he was last year but i do think that that waldron is going to put him back in position to be solid again so that's number five let's get to number four number four again this is where my list starts to get a little weird the buffalo bills Whoa, 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 whoa. Josh Allen, man. Top three quarterback, right? Step on Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Since being traded to Buffalo, Diggs and Allen have been as prolific as any quarterback wide receiver duo in the league. I think the number one duo in the league for a while was, was you know, uh, Rodgers and Adams. Diggs and Allen is, is just as prolific. He's got like 29 touchdowns and 4,000 yards since he's come over to Buffalo. So it's really not about Diggs and Allen as to why I have them at four, which in a top five is technically considered low, but over a 17-game season is not low. It's because what's behind Diggs isn't as deep as maybe some of these other teams. In fact, I'd argue they might not, they might not even be deeper than the Seahawks. But the difference is Josh Allen compared to Geno Smith, right? But this is no knock on Gabriel Davis. I think Gabriel Davis is a, a, is a solid receiver for sure. Big play guy. Um, not going to get, he didn't get a ton of receptions last year, but he came up big for them in the playoffs a couple seasons ago. But he's a big play wide receiver. Average like 17 yards per reception. Uh, seven touchdowns on 48 receptions is pretty good. Didn't crack a thousand yards, but he's a guy when the play breaks down, Josh Allen's looking for him. So when you're talking about the Bills' weapons, I think you have to factor in a guy like Dawson Knox. Um, and again, we're not discounting the tight ends either. It's just some of these teams don't necessarily need to count on the tight end because they got ridiculous weapons at receiver. This team, though, I think they have to. You have to count in Dawson Knox. Uh, Dawson Knox is not going to be a guy that is giving you Kelsey numbers, thousand yards, nine hundred yards, but he's a red zone weapon. 
15 touchdowns over the last two seasons. He's a guy that they're looking for in that red zone. So I would throw in Dawson Knox in this Nick in this mix. But because of Diggs and because of Josh Allen is most of the reason why I got him at four, to be honest. And it still feels, it feels low because of how good Allen and Diggs are. But honestly, I think it's about right. So too high, too low on Buffalo or just about right. Too high, too low or just about right. Hard to ignore the Diggs Allen connection for sure. Um, I ain't ready to put in Kincaid just yet. Uh, he could, he could end up being Jason Kelsey. I don't know. Right. I have no idea, but I don't know how he's going to fit there. We'll see. Cause Dawson Knox, in a minute. that's a dude that gets you 15 touchdowns in the red zone. He's obviously going to be a part of this thing, but I'm not ready to include Kincaid to the point where I'm pushing them up. If that makes sense. Now, if Kincaid goes out there and balls out, then obviously they, they climb this list. But we'll see. Rookie tight ends, y'all know, y'all know the story, right? Y'all know the story. They don't fare well in their rookie season. Uh, just about right, it looks like a lot of you guys are saying here. Let's get into this chat. Just right, just right, about yeah, I mean, just about right. All right. Thought a lot of y'all might have an issue with this team uh being at four. Yeah, Slim. I know they got you. They got your boy Dalton Kincaid. That's that's your your man crush. <laughs> you love Dalton Kincaid. Why are you pissed that they took Kincaid, man? We will be fine. We will be fine. Okay. Dalton Kincaid is not changing nothing for Buffalo, dog. Nothing in year one. He is a tight end. He's just a tight end that's detached. Mark it down. How much you want to bet? The Buffalo Bills passing attack will not be too high or too lower because of Dalton Kincaid. He'll just fit in and they'll still be what they are. This isn't a guy that I don't think this is a guy that's going to step in year one and be J, uh, Travis Kelsey, man. We got to relax. Exactly, man. This guy's not some generational dude. He's a good prospect that came out. He's going to a team that has a digs as a number one and he'll fit in as a two, three. And it'll be fine, but he ain't somebody I'm tripping about. And you nor, nor should you be tripping about, man. Good lord. We doing here. We doing. Let's get to number three. Number three. I'm gonna let this sink in for a little bit here. I just want to see the first few names that pop <laughs> the first name that pops up when I talk about the LA Chargers. <sighs> They're tricky. This one is tricky. They got all the talent. Honestly, the, the, when, when you actually look at the guys behind their top guys, they got some dudes. They got all the talent in the world, man. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, that's probably their big three. We know what Keenan Allen can do from a route running standpoint, one of the best in the league, right? Mike Williams can out-physical out you across the field. And then they added Quentin Johnson out of TCU. So they pretty much got a basketball squad out there. And then behind them, you got like Jalen Guyton, who's been productive over there. We know Jalen Guyton. Josh Palmer, who's been productive over there. Tight end Gerald Everett's no slouch either. They have a, a really solid group 
like one through five or six if you count the tight end. They've they've got names. They've got talent. And then you got Justin Herbert throwing the ball. One of the most talented arms in the league. Uh, threw for almost 5,000 yards last year, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. Actually took a step back in the touchdown department. Um, and his QBR was was around average. But they're getting... Kellen Moore. We've been we've been laughing at Kellen Moore, right? But in all honesty, I think that they'll actually produce big numbers. You know, I do. I think they'll produce big numbers under Kellen Moore. It won't necessarily be about that. It'll be about has Kellen matured? Has he matured as a play caller? If he's matured as a play caller, then then things may get better for them in the crunch time or whatnot. But in regards to pure numbers this if, if he's bringing over that number system oh this is going to be bombs away bombs away to these guys so i don't think it's a lack of talent for the chargers and then obviously you factor in the quarterback he's one of the most talented guys in the league the, arguably when you look at keenan mike williams the young buck quentin johnson jalen guyton josh palmer and gerald everett I could stack them up with those other those other teams below them for sure, which is why I have them actually above. But LA at number three, I kind of battled with it because of guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being hurt guys. So I had to tell myself, is, is are we going to do this project projecting injuries? Or are we just going to do the project as is? Because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are almost guaranteed to get dinged up. And that becomes a problem. If these guys are both out, it's an issue. We saw it last year. If one's out, it's an issue. So Chargers at number three, too high, too low, are just about right. This one feels like some of y'all might actually move them around. Might move them around. <laughs> That's actually a, a damn good comparison, Oscar. Uh, Keen, he said Keenan Allen and Mike Williams equals Kawhi and Paul George. Always injured in the same city, no less. We'll get to that, bro. Because I got a couple teams I left off this list because I don't think they're as deep, but they have the quarterback and they they might have the system. You talked about the Jets. Uh, I don't think that, and I know they went out and got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and things like that, but I don't think the Jets have the, they're, they're as top heavy as some of these other teams. Aaron Rodgers and no Aaron Rodgers. Too high, too low on the Chargers. The LA curl routes. Stop. Stop it. Bills over Chargers. Uh, I couldn't do that. Because I do like the Chargers depth over the Bills, but the char the Bills have that one-two punch. That's fair. They have the one-two punch, but the depth, I, I couldn't do it. Well, we're not talking about offenses. Uh whoever said Brees or Andrew. We're talking about the wide receivers here we go willie t too low Ooh. which brings me to number two number two the philadelphia eagles i ain't scared of you mother i actually battle with this one with them going going to the top. And obviously, y'all know who number one is. Y'all saw it. Or actually going below. 
they could have been between one or three or right where they were between I decided to keep them at two and here's why I think they've got one of the most balanced big three receiving weapons in the league between AJ Brown and Devontae Smith I think they complement each other very well and then the third leg Dallas Goddard he's that underrated X factor for those dudes who if you want to talk about the Travis Kelsey types that that is a Travis Kelsey type he's a guy that's gonna get you seven eight nine hundred yards probably a year as long as they want to and he can do it from a screen standpoint slip out get downfield he does yak things so I think you got to include Dallas Goddard in this in fact he was a third leading receiver on the team while missing games by the way uh but when it comes to their receivers in general AJ Brown I believe rated as the number one or top rated wide receiver on slants and that's because they run the RPO concept at nauseam and they run it well I ain't gonna lie they run it well I think they cheat a little bit and get away with it because when they run an RPO they've got linemen downfield and they get called for it once every 10 games but it is what it is and he also can do some damage downfield uh Jalen Hurts improved his downfield passing and it was evident with A.J. Brown. Those guys connected deep a lot. And then you got Devontae Smith, who is forming into one of the top, you know, 20-ish receivers. And I pretty, I think sooner or later he'll be in the top 15, top 10. He's a good receiver. He's a really damn good receiver. He can pretty much do it all. Uh, he can hurt you downfield. He's a smooth compliment to A.J. Really good hands, can route you up. Just slight, but the league nowadays, it, it doesn't really matter if you're slight like that because of the rules so from a talent standpoint again aj brown Devonte smith dallas Goddard, jalen hurts if he continues to improve as a passer which he showed some improvement last year this is a pretty lethal passing attack the thing though is again we get into the offenses they do most of their damage on the ground to open up the passing attack so if you say, well, I can, I'm going to knock Philly down a couple slots because they're more of a running team. That's fair. That's fair. That's 100% fair. Uh, but they still did a lot of damage through the air, which ironically only 22 passing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts, but 18 of them, or at least 18 reception touchdowns from Devontae uh, Smith and AJ Brown. Here's where it's going to be interesting though. Shane Steichen. When he took over play calling duties halfway through the year in 2021, you saw the Eagles start to play towards their weapons, right? Nick Sirianni didn't do that. Well, he's gone now. Shane Steichen's gone. Brian Johnson, a guy we talked about potentially coming over here being a quarterback's coach, is their play caller. He'll get a first shot at it. We'll see how this goes. Now, he's been with Philly for a few years, but he hadn't called plays, so... We'll see if he continues the things that Steichen did, adds on to it, or they regress uh, offensively. But from a talent standpoint, and what I would imagine schematically is not going to change much, this passing attack is, is going to be difficult for the, the league to deal with. Cowboys, I think they can handle it. I think we match up really well. I think A.J. Brown, Trayvon Diggs match up well. I think you got Stephon Gilmore can match up with Smith, and we saw what... Uh, Bland can do against Quez Watkins in the slot. Give me that rock. We'll see if Mr. Brian Johnson is able to make things easy 
as Shane Steichen did for him. We'll see. So, too high, too low on Philadelphia and their passing attack, which, I mean, look, man, we I hate them all. I want to hate them. But between A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, that was one of the most productive uh, trios in the league. They stacked right up there with everyone. And I hate to say it. Uh, Toxic said, this is who our defense is built to stop. So our defense is built to stop. Okay. Sugar Daddy Will said, Will Yum said, I like Philly's O. Okay. So is, is, is it so just about right? I guess. <laughs> Professor O. I think it makes sense for Philly to be close, but finish number two. And DeAndre Swift. So I'm, I'm not adding uh, Vic. He brought up DeAndre Smith. He said he doesn't do ish for them. Yeah, I didn't want to add the, res- the running backs to this list because I thought about it, right? Especially when I was factoring in the Chargers. Because when I looked at the Chargers, you got to go look at a guy like, and this could be a Kellen Moore issue too. You got to look at a guy like Shane Eckler. Or not Shane Eckler, but Austin Eckler, who had 177 receptions for him. I think he had 177 exact 170 plus receptions over the last two seasons i don't know that kellen moore is going to emphasize him like that i think they're going to be more of a downfield type of team so his numbers might literally get cut in half last year he had 107 receptions i don't think he's getting close to 100 receptions this year but it's fair to possibly include him if if you think they're going to use a running back like that i think the cowboys are going to use a running back this year so Philly number two. And then obviously number one, you guys saw earlier, but we'll review it once again here. I have the Miami Dolphins as my number one passing attack. The Cowboys will face this year and flat out. This is this has everything to be honest with you to do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I think this might be the most dangerous tandem in the league. You could argue it being the best. You could say most complimentary, whatever. You, you could say it's not any of that, Scott. Well, I, fine. <laughs> but Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are extremely dangerous. When, when was the last time we saw a team with this much speed between two guys like that? And not like, oh, our third and fourth guy comes in for 15 plays. No, 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 no. These dudes are playing every snap. Reek and Hill, or I'm sorry, Reek and Waddle were on the field at the same damn time. And then you bring in Mike McDaniels, who helps get these guys open like that. They, to me, present the biggest challenge of everyone. Point blank period. We know what Tyreek Hill can do. We know what Cheetah can do. He's done it throughout his career. Not only is he a deep threat, but because of his speed, and this is where not being just fast as a fast guy. We talk about this a lot with Brandon Cooks. He knows. He knows how to get open underneath. He knows how to move the chains. He was second in the NFL in first downs of receptions. Number two, because dudes are scared of his speed, so he can stop on a dime, catch it, get some yak. In fact, both of these guys, Tyreek Hill, Jaden Waddle, top five in yak, the only tandem in the National Football League with two wide receivers in the top five in yak. But Jalen Waddle, another speed demon. 
saw him have a massive, massive jump in production because of Mike McDaniels, in my opinion. Mike McDaniels, you got to remember, comes from the Sean McVay, Shanahan tree. He mixes their concepts with his own concepts. And Jalen Waddle in his rookie year averaged 9.8 yards per reception. That's terrible. Second year, which was his first with Mike McDaniels, that thing jumped to 18 yards per reception. That's ridiculous. That led the league by far for wide receivers that were starting wide receivers. Okay. Well, Sky, what about Tua? You ain't said nothing about Tua. Fair. Tua is not going to be one of the, he's not even probably top five quarterback on this list, but no, seriously, Tua is not the best quarterback on this list. He's not the most talented guy on this list. I get it. But if y'all remember last year, I talked about Mike McDaniels going to Miami. I said, he's going to elevate Tua flat out. You know, no matter how you feel about him, he's going to be better. The issue with Tua, though, is, is he going to stay healthy? Because when he was playing and he was healthy, they were on a tear, man. They were running through the league offensively. And, and Waddle and Hill with Tua throwing a rock was tough. And now Tua doesn't have a great arm. I mean, we know he, he lacks the, the, the arm strength to get it all the way downfield. With all that said, though, these dudes almost had 1,500 yards together. Both of them, I mean. So, Tua's probably the fourth or fifth best quarterback on this list. However, given the scheme and given the players around him it, it, and the speed between Hill and Waddle, I think these two dudes are going to present the biggest challenge. Not saying it's a challenge we can't deal with. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that speed is tough when you have one guy. Imagine having two. And then, comp- and then combining it with a scheme that's going to help them. You know what I mean? So I got Miami at one. I figured this won't be the most controversial because of Tua. But that's that's kind of where I got him at. Too high, too low. I mean, I don't know if you can say just about right. But, but too high or too low, just about right for the Miami Dolphins. And for those who might have missed one through five, this is where I have everybody ranked. Uh, number five, Seattle Seahawks with Geno, Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Number four, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, number three, the LA Chargers. I think they might be one of the deeper teams from one through like five, but they might not be the most talented from the top. Nonetheless, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are still beasts. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think they have one of the most blended top threes in regards to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And then I got number one just purely because of Cheetah and Waddle. They present maybe the toughest to prepare for because they are going to open up so many things underneath. It'll be up to the rest of the cats to kind of just hold their weight. And then obviously Tua Tungabaloa to, to get the rock to other guys if they need to. So that's my top five. I can change my mind here. We can change my mind. Change my mind. Move guys around. Move teams around. Teams that might not be on this list. That's what I wanted to get to. Uh, Teams that might not be on this list that that we mentioned earlier. Boom. Here we go. So the two teams, three teams, I'm sorry, that I considered to put on here. The Jets. I thought about the Jets. I said, let me me think this through here. Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, right? He went out and got Lazard, Cobb, 
I believe McCole Hardman. So they, they've won out and got some guys. Um, I just don't think it's enough for me to put them over some of these other more established units. So I, I left them out. But you could argue maybe you throw the Jets in there. The Rams. You could argue with Cooper Cup and Stafford, you can put them on this list. I don't know. I don't know necessarily I fight you on that, but I don't believe in the depth from, from that from that list. And then Stafford to me is I mean, he got his ring. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know that we'll see a MVP type of Stafford moving forward. That that injury that he got was real. Um, I, from what I was reading up on, it's, it's something that is always going to be sticking around throughout his career. So I don't know that Stafford is, 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 is that guy. Nonetheless, it's a prolific duo. I get it. Uh, and then the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions were a top 10 passing team last year. So... You know, you could argue putting them up there. Uh, Ma St. Brown, Jameson Williams, who's out though? Jameson Williams will be out for a couple games, six games, I think it is. But Amara St. Brown, one of the best slot guys. Uh, Jared Goff had one of his best seasons of his career. And then is it Ben Johnson? Is that his name? Ben Johnson, I, I think, is the offensive coordinator who I respect a lot. Uh, I, I love Ben Johnson's system. I think I would love for them to to incorporate some of the things that he does here. So you could argue maybe you throw Detroit in there. But again, I factored in everything. I factored in how top heavy is a team, how deep is the team at the position at wide wide receiver slash tight end, uh, and then the quarterback. I had to factor in factor in the quarterback as well. So that that could be a reason why you maybe move Miami. You say, well, yeah, they got two scary wide receivers out there, but I don't believe in Tua. That's fair. You can you can knock them down. But give me your top five, Cowboys Nation. Your top five aerial attacks the Cowboys secondary will face in 2023. In June, right? Like teams, guys can get hurt. Guys can get traded, what have you. But in June. Uh, Tino says Debo and Brandon couldn't do it. Uh, first of all, respect Debo and respect Brandon. Ayuk. I'm gonna make sure I say this right. I like Debo as an as an X factor type of receiver, but I don't like him as a receiver receiver that much. Does that make sense? Like he's a good receiver. Get me wrong, but I think a lot of what Debo does is more like running back stuff in a receiver's body. Good receiver, fine, but I damn sure don't believe in the quarterbacks going on over there. So I, I couldn't put them as a top five aerial attack to kind of you know Sam Darnold. Couldn't do it. Trey Lance couldn't do it. I know Brock Purdy got in there and had his, his, his Jeremy Lin moment. We'll see what happens with the whole elbow issue. So I couldn't do it. Couldn't put them in there uh, in the top five. Vic's top five. Okay, appreciate you. He says, Bills, Chargers, Philly, Seattle, Dolphins. So you got Seattle jumping all the way to two. I do. I Look, I, I like their unit. I, I like Metcalf. I like Lockett. I like Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba in that slot. Uh, two is pretty high, but that shows the respect you got. I respect them. I respect them just as much. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to jump to two yet, though. I don't know, but but that's a that's a damn good lineup for sure. It's a damn good lineup. T Dub doesn't believe in the Bills at four. He says, so where would you put them off the list completely? Vic says the Jets are sneaky, but only Garrett Wilson. Um, 
Amon Ross getting locked up versus us. That's the thing about the Jets is, I mean, I can't I can't knock uh, the cat that they got from from the Packers, but Wilson and him, I don't think he's they're better than any duo on this list. The quarterback don't makes things tough. San Fran, they have weapons! Exclamation points <laughs> says FRK. Yeah, they got weapons, and honestly. If you talk about George Kittle adding into that, that helps as well. The quarterback, though. I, the quarterback situation, I just couldn't put him up to. So, King Woods, this is this is top five aerial attacks the Cowboys will face. So, if you go look at our list here, Kansas City's not on here. So, we're, we're just talking about teams that, that we're, that we're going to play. Uh, Andrew has... I'm. Andrew, I can't tell if this is backwards or forward here, but he just has Miami, Eagles, Bills, Lions, Chargers. I'm not sure how, how you have that stacked up. Uh, Trix has five Washington. That is interesting. Four Seattle, three Eagles, two Chargers, one Dolphins. Huh. Washington is interesting. And I, I do like their young bucks. I, I do. Don't get me wrong. We believe in quarterback situation there no Washington's interesting though and, and, and look maybe I'm a little biased here we always shut down my man Terry though so. <laughs> scary Terry get locked up maybe that's kind of why I say yeah, whatever on Washington hey 180 you know damn well he had his Jeremy Lin moment come on man <laughs> uh top five Dallas Sports got Bills. I'm confused here. Bills. Oh, Bills one, Philly two, Chargers three, Miami four. I can't put Buffalo that high. I'm just not deep enough, but I get it. Schiff believes the Jets duo is better than the Chargers duo. He says definitely more reliable. Maybe more reliable, but nah, I don't think Lazard is better than Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. So if even if you believe Garrett Wilson is better than them two, I don't think Lazard is better than the other two. So I got the I got Allen's duo, Allen's duo, the Chargers duo better than the Jets duo. It's just injuries, and that's why I said I didn't want to play the injury game, right? But I guess you got to factor that in. Let's see here. Let's see here. Gregory has Detroit five. I think five can be swapped out a lot. Uh, Eagles four, Jets three, Bills two, Miami one. I think the Jets are way too high here. I think they're way too high. I wonder if uh, maybe it's the Aaron Rodgers. Maybe maybe I'm not respecting A Rod enough here. You know that could be a thing. That could be a thing. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Alan Lazard. I'm not. I mean Randall Cobb, but he is there. Randall Cobb. Miko Harmon. He's there too. You know, fair enough. Uh, and Garrett, Garrett Wilson's the one, right? Like Garrett Wilson, that's the guy. Everybody else is kind of like, eh. But it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so, I, look, I can see if you want to slide New York to five, I ain't going to fight you with it. But you putting them at two or three, that's a bit high to me. Man. Yeah. Check, check, check. Am I muted? Somebody said mute. Oh, no, we're good. All right, let's hit the phone lines. Let's talk to... Marcus, what's good, Marcus? What's good, my what's good, up, my dude? What's good? What's up with you, man? How you feeling today? 
Hey, man, I'm feeling great today, man. I'm going to get some fresh air out here, riding in my truck, and right. listening to you rock. And that's an interesting list, man. You know, uh, uh, I guess the Seattle one, and just from the way they played last year, you talk about a, a, a receiving core that's yeah. underrated. I mean, hey, they, uh, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Geno Smith. He still got to make the plays, but you talking about a, a wide receiver or a wide receiver core up missing the quarterback. I think they did as much for Geno Smith. I know Geno's older now. When he came into the league game, yeah. he the Jets when they were, you know, when he had his ups and downs. But, hey, Tyler Lockett is a, is very underrated. He, he and uh, Russell Wilson, they played a lot of playground uh, football sometimes when they passed it, but. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can I can see those guys being underrated. Go ahead. I'm I agree with you. No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. I, I I actually started off the show saying I I think this is one of the most underrated duos in the league uh, because I think they complement each other extremely well. Now you add in Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm tempted to move them up. I can be talked into moving them up. Um, the only reason why yeah, I, I fight back a little bit is because Gino. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, because Gino is the is the wild card. You don't know if that's if that's Gino Smith or if that's them. I would I would lean towards the wide receivers. I would put them above Buffalo on your list. I mean, only because, uh, uh, and I don't want to I don't want to rag on Josh Allen, but uh, oh, if, if, we, if we're talking about the quarterbacks, uh, I don't want to rag on Josh Allen because Josh, Josh Allen is overhyped to me. Not that he's not talented, but he's overhyped to me. He's he's been given a whole lot he hasn't earned yet. He's shown flashes, but he's turnover prone and he's he, I hate to say it like this, but but he's a white Cam Newton is what he is. People don't want to say that, but that's what he is until he until he proves otherwise. Uh, but uh, I would put that that receiving core above them. Uh, uh, Stephon Diggs is having his issues over there because Allen again, as much as Stephon Diggs helped uh, Josh Allen out over there in, in terms of you know reading and making throws and making plays and whatnot, Josh Allen is who he is. Yeah, and I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how you get him out of that if you don't put a running game behind him. As long as he's going to be free to be quote unquote Josh Allen, he's probably going to be turnover prone. He's probably going to be high risk and going to be high reward. So it's going yeah. to be hard to for me. It's going to be hard to gauge him as, as anything more than what he is right now. A kind of a freak athlete that's playing quarterback, and while the league is is really trending towards that and geared towards that. I wouldn't put a receiving core that he's quarterback in the head of any anybody right now until you know you see something you know that's just me. That's yeah, just me. I think what saves Josh. I don't want to say save because this is a talented quarterback. It's a really good quarterback. I think though what saves uh -huh. him in, in most of the the masses is that he also makes ridiculous plays, right? Like he so he has yeah. all these mm -hmm. turnovers, boneheaded plays, but but then he yeah. balances it out with some plays that mm -hmm. make you go, how the hell did he do that? So and obviously he plays yeah. in Buffalo too, so he's not going to get criticized as much. But I, I think I, right. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think Josh Allen is going to change being a risk taker and a guy that because he runs too, right? So this is a guy that fumbles right. a ton. You know, he fumbles the rock right. a lot. He's trying to make plays. He's trying to fit the ball in, in tight spaces. I think that's going to be Josh Allen. You made a great point. If I was a Bills fan, I would definitely be like, hey, let's emphasize the run a little bit more. I'm not saying that's that's what we do. I'm saying let's kind of emphasize it a little bit more so we can use the play action a little bit and kind of be a bit more yeah. risk adverse. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, as big and strong as, as Allen is, you're gonna get it hurt. Uh, it, it's a matter. He of got time. hurt. 
Remember? Hey, he gonna get. He gonna yeah. keep getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man, this ain't. He's not playing against. You know, he's not playing against people that's gonna be. You that's know, a serious injury too. Through the seven issues. Yeah, yeah. He's a big dude himself. Ba- baseball so, fan. You know, wasn't that a? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm asking a serious question. Um, wasn't that a uh, Tommy John type of situation? Somebody correct me though, if I'm oh, wrong. Oh, with his elbow? Yeah, with his elbow. Yeah, yeah. I think there yeah, was, was like, a, a, like a Tommy John type of type of thing. I mean, I could be wrong, but I know it was serious elbow injury. Yeah, it was, but again, you know, but he's young enough, I guess, you know, it's not a big deal as far as, you know, him being young and just country strong like he is, but yeah, yeah uh, we'll see about that though, man. I guess the, the fun one is going to be Kevin Moore and them over there. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say uh, Kevin Moore is going to, you know, really rock because he's finally got a gunslinger and, you know, just, Justin Herbert is, is, is ridiculous with his arm talent, but, you know, sometimes it's not about the arm talent, man. It's about the headspace, operating headspace. more. Yeah, a little and, bit more uh, than that. Yeah, so 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 we'll see. So we'll see about that too. But yeah, I man, I like to listen. Uh, you know, I keep listening. Thank you for taking the call. I'm I'm interested. That's a that's a that's an interesting question. Is that Geno Smith or is that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? I'm I think wondering. it's a combination of obviously the talent, but but again, Shane Waldrop yeah. is, is their offensive coordinator who uh, comes from Sean McVay's tree. So you, if you look right. at how they played last year. You see some of the, the the concepts where it makes it easier for the receiver and the quarterback, um, and then obviously right. you know Geno being in the league for ten years or whatever, he yeah. he knows mm-hmm. the basics. So so now you combine right. his experience with the talent plus a scheme, and you get kind of a breakout year. Get kind of breakout, yeah. So they, let's see if they double up on it, man. Let's see let's if they double up. Well, not against the Cowboys, they can do what they want to get there. No sir, else, no sir, not against not. the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, money. I'm gonna highlight you next time. My guy, appreciate you, Marcus. <laughs> yes, sir. What Gino say, T Dub? Said they wrote. He said they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Might be the hardest line of the 2022 season. Straight up, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. I was rooting for Gino too. You know, his whole situation in the draft. Well, she was overhyped. It wasn't that great coming. You know, but. He got drafted, I think, was a second round or something like that, and then had a, a tough career and, and turned it all around. Which, again, man, a lot of people get on um, Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll has this ability to connect with newer players uh, and young players. And that's why I think he'll continue to coach in Seattle until he's ready to hang it up. All right, let's get to D Shift. Get his thoughts on the top five here and give me his top five. Good morning, D Shift. Hey, what's good, man? Uh, man, this is, this is a tough list, bro. Yeah, it's tough. I know. To, to, <laughs> I had a hard time putting to, it together. <laughs> to kinda, well, yeah, it is. Well, I can see why it's so hard for you to put it together because it's like, damn, they got good receivers, but the quarterback's average. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you're going to have a hard time selling, selling the quarterback or, you know, and as we know, you know, I mean, that list of like elite quarterbacks, man, that's kind of dwindling down by the day. Yep. Um, and so – as I was trying to, in in natural D-shift fashion, try to argue with your list here, I kind of had a hard time because it was like, ah, man, I, this the rebuttal sky going to have if I say put this team or put that team. So uh, salute to you, man, for even trying to put this together because it's kind of tough. Yeah, if I was stretching out tough. the top ten, it had been easy. But, but I wanted to make it harder. And I knew that by doing five, I was going to leave out at least three teams because I, I wrote down eight teams originally, and I couldn't put all obviously all eight in the top five. So, yeah, because I mean, Gino has a lot of recency bias working for him yep. and what he did last year. 
Um, and if I can't necessarily, you know, we I, I can't I can justify why Dak had a kind of a lackluster performance, then I'm sure there's something that we can find and see as to why Geno just kind of had this uh this breakout year after just 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 so long. So um, nah, man, I'm not even gonna try to argue with you. Uh, not today. We'll say that for later. <laughs> we'll save it. Uh, <laughs> we'll save it for later. Uh, but I, I do. Like I, you know, I do like the Lions, and uh, I guess with the only thing about the Jets, I was trying to uh, to sell. I mean, I, I know Lazard; he's not a guy by no means necessary, but I just, you know, that connection with Aaron Rodgers, like the quarterback connection. That's fair. That's also something. That's something that's you know that's kind of important. But um, man, not not a lot of arguments here today, honestly. Uh, I might I might put. I might put Philly back just because they do depend on their run game so mm. much, and I, I, but I can see why you put them too, just because those wide receivers and, and the tight end are so dominant. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of people on that list who have a, um, you know, top ten wide receiver. I could say Devontae Smith is around the top ten, not quite top ten yet, but he's around. I mean, he's and, uh, God he's, is he's trending, one hundred percent trending up. Um, he's trending. You know, we we bias because we love Lamb, but but look, I'm gonna be honest with you. Devontae Smith it ain't like he's is some some crazy thing to think that he's in that tier or could be in that tier as Lamb sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. Now I think having AJ there kind of even uh kind of mask it a little bit, and I, I think if he was on a, a a team with an actual uh, quarterback, quarterback, not calling Jalen, you know, not not trying to disrespect Jalen too much, but at the same time, you know, he wins those legs. But I think he could flourish a little bit more, maybe. Um, but I, I I would I would put I would put them. See, I hear you about the Bills and the depth, but I just feel like the Bills and Chargers. If I'm, you know, if if you're if you're you know suiting up as a DB right game day, or if you're watching film, what like as a, as you, if you're a defensive coordinator, what are you emphasizing more? If you're trying to um, to defend uh, Buffalo and LA as opposed to to Philly. That's my only thing. Like, if you say aerial attack, right? If yep. how are we gonna get attacked this week? Are you more afraid of? Are you are you preparing more for Buffalo and L.A. You know, in their passing game versus preparing for Philly? I think that would pre- be my only thing. Yeah, I think you're preparing for all three of their passing game, but I'm, I think differently, right? Or in Philly, you're like, hey, we gotta watch the RPOs. We we, we gotta watch the play action, and and these guys are taking deep shots off of that. Whereas I mean, if I had to guess in with L.A. with, with uh, Boy Wonder, you're, you're pretty much, I think they're going to air this thing out, right, from from a deep standpoint, and they're going to come back down and maybe dump it off to to Eckler. But you got you to gotta worry about bully ball with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen routing you up underneath, uh, maybe ever getting downfield from the slot or, or from, the, from the inline tight end spot. And then Jalen Guyton. Well, we don't talk about Jalen Guyton, but Jalen Guyton, you know, the speed guy that gets deep, that might, that might come back. He didn't really do it much last year, but... They 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 got a Josh Palmer another dude. They've got a lot of good talent with the Chargers, uh, and then Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert. So I actually wouldn't if somebody argued wanted, they wanted to move the Chargers up. I can I could listen to you there. It's just they don't have uh, let's see they don't have the Devontae Adams or the Justin you know the the, the Justin Jefferson at, at one. They just got a, a bunch of good really good dudes. Yeah. They got some some one B kind of guys at, at the most, uh, two way kind of guys. I, I agree with you there, but uh, 
Yeah, it's a hard list, man. So, uh, man, appreciate you taking the call, and yep. uh, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll be in his chest, bro. Salute, appreciate you. So, I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding, Slim. Um, because Slim said I'm with you on talking about J Money. Why didn't the Bengals get invited to this party? So, this is top five aerial attacks the Cowboys will be facing. Maybe I should have put that. I should have put that at, t- at the top of uh. Oh, we don't want that. At the top of this. But I did put in a description. <laughs> the description says top five, exploring the top five passing attacks, the Cowboys secondary, or is it Cowboys defense? What I put? Okay. The Cowboys defense will face. It should say secondary technically. But nonetheless, it's about who the Cowboys will be playing. Because other than that, yeah, you definitely, the Bengals, you could argue it could be number one. Yeah. But the Cowboys don't play them. Cowboys don't play them. We're, we're not last year they did, but not this year. So hopefully that clarifies why you don't see Kansas City up here, why you don't see uh uh you don't see the Cowboys up here, <laughs> why you don't see Cincinnati up here. It's about who the Dallas Cowboys are playing. We do not play Cincinnati. 808 Heartbreak, what's good? How you doing, brother? It's Sonny from Hawaii, man. How you been? What's up, Sonny? My oos. Yeah, there it is, man. I would call. I kind of, I don't really got anything to argue with your list. I would just change a couple of things just because of, like, the X factors we have, I would say. Okay. Uh, I would just say I'd move the Chargers to six, like, right off the list. Off the list. Who, we, who are we replacing them with? The reason being is because if you remember we faced them last year, the biggest thing I'm thinking of is – Chargers' O-line stability is horrendous. The problem wasn't that they, like, they didn't have the power to, to throw on us. The power is that they couldn't throw. Aaron Rodgers has a horrendous O-line and stuff. I would put Lions into the top five because they have a good O-line. So They have a lot of weapons and stuff, but yeah. how are you going to pass those weapons with our pass rush that we got going on? So one of the caveats that I wanted to list when starting this uh, at the top of the show, you might have missed it. I, I'm not factoring in the offensive lines. I'm just strictly talking about the weapons and the quarterback uh, and and be honest, a little bit of a system because the system does help a lot look at what happened with uh, uh, over there in, in Seattle. But I'm not, I'm not talking about offensive lines. Now, if we do a top five offensive lines, which maybe we'll do when we size up the competition, I can just give you a spoiler alert right now. Uh, Detroit is probably going to be fighting with Philly as for number one. I think Detroit's offensive line is like that. No, I got you. I apologize. I, I missed the first minute of the oh, show. Oh, nah, no big deal. But, yeah, no, I will. then I would say that even I'd still put Detroit up there just because the weapons they have, yeah. depending on when, when do we face the Lions? Week 17, 16, 17. I think week 17. Here it is right here. Yeah, week 17. So, the, at the end of the day, Jameson uh, Williams being out, we'll be it's back. not going to matter happen by the time we get there. I think they have more firepower than a lot of the teams on the list, and they just got the, the running back they wanted. That's their dual their running back. Well, I'm not, feel like I'm no not counting their running back. So if we're talking about the receivers, you're, you're talking about Amara St. Brown, Jamison Williams. Um, I'm, missing, I'm missing one guy. I think he used to play for the Jaguars, didn't he? Chart. So Amara say Brown, Josh Reynolds. I mean, I don't, I don't. Whatever. He's not that great. 
Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. went back. He's a little older, but but a reliable type of guy. So their their top three receivers would be Amara St. Brown, Marvin Jones Jr., and Jamison Williams. It's yeah. a solid unit, for sure. Solid. But I agree with Miami. For us, it's, I think it's the things that hurt our secondary is just the speed receivers. A lot of the big play receivers, we, we shut down pretty easy. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, what he played. They, they do pretty pedestrian against us. It's those speed, the Debo's, Cooper Cups, those type of players that we tend to struggle against against our I secondary. mean, if we're being completely honest, if we just go off of strictly weapons, I mean, San Fran, like like we talked about earlier, the reason why I had a, I had a hard time putting San Fran up here because I don't believe in the quarterback. Sam Sam Darnold, Jeremy Lin. No, I'm kidding, ain't Jeremy Lin, but but you know, Brock Purdy had his <laughs> Jeremy Lin moment. Uh, Trey Lance. You're I, right. I just I just can't put San Fran in here because I don't believe in those damn quarterbacks. But on the other hand, what if you say, well, Sky, you you can't do that because what about the system? Some odd reason, no matter who they put at quarterback they're still able to be productive. So maybe you could talk, talk yourself into putting San Fran up there because between IU Kittle and Debo, that's a fantastic trio of weapons. I just don't believe in the quarterback situation. Okay. Real quick bonus question before I head on out. Okay. Where do you put the teams you put on the list? Where would you place us amongst them? Just putting us in. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, So you're talking about cooks, you're talking about Lamb. You're talking about Dak as your top as there is the big three like we've been doing on here. I mean, I think they're obviously in this top five. I have them above Buffalo. I put them above LA. I'd put them right there in that top three. I think you can you can you can argue between again. I know Miami the quarterback situation, but damn it, those two receivers are just ridiculous. However, Cook's got the speed as well. I would I would probably put them. That's tough. I'll probably put him either two or three because of Goddard over there in, in Philly. But I, I take Dak as a quarterback over over Hertz as a quarterback when it comes to passing the rock. Probably two or three. I don't think I'm going to move off of Miami just because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are just ridiculous. And then you combine the system. I just think they're going to be impossible to stop week in, week out. It's going to depend on Tua. But that's a good question. I think they're top three, though. Okay, I got that for you, Big Goose. I'm going to let you get back to it, man. Hey, My great guy. show. God bless you, brother. You have a good day. Salute. That's a good one. Uh, I didn't think about that. Where would y'all put Dallas in this list? Hold on. Come back. Come on back. Where would y'all put the Cowboys in this list? I actually have them above Seattle, Buffalo, LA. And then I think that's where the conversation begins. Um, we don't have Goddard yet, right? Maybe Ferguson or schoolmaker which i don't think schoolmaker year one is going to do all that maybe ferguson year two does i think aj and Devontae, we're definitely comparable there i think we match up there for sure but then you say well where, where do we have the advantage i think at quarterback in miami i'm pretty let's just keep it a bean i'm, I'm pretty biased in the sense of tyreek hill and Jalen. it's going to be hard for me to move off of them because they're just the the problems they present are tough to deal with however Tua is likely the fourth best quarterback on this list. So you can argue that too. So I got I got two. If you want to go with one, I ain't gonna argue with you because Dak is better than Tua. So but I think two is fair. Uh two, three, two, four, three. I feel you, AA Ron. <laughs> I feel you, dog. Uh let's see here. 
Come on, Danny. Danny hates schoolmakers. He says schoolmaker will have a good year, age 29. Vic has Dallas at five. I, I put them above. I think they're above the Chargers. I actually got them above Buffalo. I mean, I think when it comes to you talk about quarterback, you talk about weapons. I think we got better weapons. Let's do. That's a good one, though. AJ said basically AJ's holding out until we see how the new system plays out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jay Money said one. And Professor O got two. I'm I'm probably gonna settle at two. Some people will actually drop Miami down and put maybe Philly at one or, or some other team. But I think Dallas, I think, can slide in at two and feel comfortable. For sure. Good stuff. I knew this would generate conversation, which is why I wanted to start off. Uh, our sizing up the competition series with this passing attack. Um, we'll, we're going to probably be be moving all around the league or all around positions when, when doing this. And um, I don't just do this off the top of my head. I actually go and do some research and make sure that I'm not coming up with a list that I'm just throwing out there, but something that can engage conversation that, and that can uh, make you and I think. Let me get to some of these super chats if I missed any. T-Dub said, Coop, Lamb, and Cooks. What, what happened with Cook? Oh, if you're saying if, if we had Coop? Oh, if the Cowboys had Amari Cooper and got Cooks and obviously kept Lamb? Yeah, I mean, this would be a no-brainer here. Number one. The thing is, though, right? Yeah, I think we're good here. The thing is... I ain't even brought up his name, but if Michael Gallup ascends to being one of the top three guys, when I say top three, top number three wide receivers, you you could argue, you, you know, when you got two top three guys like that, plus the quarterback, you could argue number one. But again, we didn't include other teams too, right? Like the Bengals, I think the Bengals would be number one, right? If we were to go across the league when it comes to Joe Burrow and then, you know, Boyd, Chase, Higgins, I think... I think that's number one because we've seen it. It's proven. There's no guessing, which look, I, I love the fact you got cooks, but there's no guessing on well cooks first year or will, will uh, Michael Gallup get back to form, et cetera, et cetera. These dudes have played together. They've won together. They would be number one to me without question. Fortunately, the Cowboys don't play them, so it doesn't matter. So that's my top five. If I had to go best of the rest, uh, it'd be the Jets It'd be Detroit, and I'll be fair here. I'll, I'll go Niners because they do have the weapons, don't believe in a quarterback. The most interesting one I saw was Washington. I think they have solid weapons. I think they have a really good one um, and solid weapons behind them. Obviously, Samuels and, and Penn State kid, quarterback, no. Daniel Jones and them boys, I don't think they should make this list. Obviously, the Cardinals know. Patriots, no. I'm still say no on, on the Rams. Yeah, they got they got one of the best receivers, but I think that's about it right now. So I'm going to go no on the Rams. So that's my top five Cowboys Nation. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, we'll continue kind of this top five series across the, the Cowboys schedule. I won't say the league, across the Cowboys schedule. Uh, but it won't be tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get back to specific Cowboys content and try to continue to mix this thing up. Uh, from day to day as we are in this kind of dead period. Just to be honest with you, 
We're in this dead period, but we still got an obligation to you guys to provide quality content and not just any old thing. I don't know if y'all have been seeing on, on the four letter network here, the, the content, the topics, whatever you want to call it are ridiculous. And we're talking about top five lineups against the monsters. I mean, what are we doing here? So I'm trying to avoid that. I'm also trying to avoid conspiracy theory type stuff and, and all that. I'm, I'm trying to provide quality content here on a daily basis, which during this time is not easy. It's not easy. With that said, if you enjoyed today's show, please do me a favor. Hit the like button on the way out. Sub up if you want to be a part of the bomb squad. You're trying to figure out why you can't join what I call the show within the show here in the chat on YouTube, I should say. It's because you're not part of the bomb squad, man. Hit the sub button. Share it with your friends, family, and foe. All right? Per usual, no show with Vach during this period, but he is dropping content throughout. Just dropped a fantastic video over on the volume and his page. I'm sorry. Over on the Vach Lombardi uh, channel. He's diving into different players and whatnot. We'll be doing a similar situation here uh, on days we are off, but continue to go over there and support my brother from another Vach Lombardi live. And then Mo, he'll be back on later tonight. With the A to Z Sports primetime show. Hit me up on Twitter if you want to keep up with me at Skywalker still and continue to support A to Z Sports Dallas on A to Z Sports Dallas.com with all the fantastic articles that they drop. All right. With that said, go ahead and hit this button, man. <laughs> I like that swing. Hashtag push the goddamn button. I got to get that out of the drop. By the way, Toxic, your Rosie O'Donnell bit, Vosh loved that. We'll have to continue that. Maybe he's not Catboy no more. Maybe he's Rosie O'Donnell. We out of here, man. Love y'all. See you tomorrow morning. Peace.